Hey, welcome to the GC Hammer Show. That's Jack Hammer. I'm Grant Cohn. I pressed the wrong button to start the show, but we're going now. Just want to remind you, this is simulcasted on my channel and Jack Hammer's as well. So if you'd like to leave a super chat and you're feeling like Jack's making a lot more sense than I am today and you want to reward him for his cogent analysis, go to his channel, watch on his channel. It's the same show. You can tip him directly. I just wanted to point that out. Jack, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, it's April and we got basketball and football to talk about, although me and you were just going to talk football today. But it's nice that there's like things going on as opposed to nothing going on because the Niners don't have a first round pick and normally that would kind of piss me off. But I'll let it slide. Hey. This one time. <laughs> the the, bas the basketball is fun. The basketball games are, are, are a lot of fun. The Warriors and the Kings, the Warriors down 0-2 for the, uh, I think it's only the third time in Steve Kerr's Rain and set in uh, at Golden State, and they're definitely in tough against the uh, Test. the Kings. Kings are doing a really good job here. My mic wasn't on, sorry about that. Uh, okay, so let's start, start. Good thing I got that out of the way now. Mic's on, ready to go. Let's talk. So, we've been talking a lot of quarterbacks, and we're going to talk quarterbacks. I don't want to start there today. The name of the show is Why the Niners Are Meeting with So Many Wide Receivers. Can you give the background a little bit? Like, they're meeting with a lot of wide receivers who are going to get. Taken pretty high in this draft. Yeah, they, they've met with a, they've met with a, a ton, and they've actually had two now in for their uh, top thirty visits. They had uh, Jaden Reed from Michigan State. That's an interesting one. And Tate out of Virginia, uh, both in on top thirty visits. Uh, they've met with Jonathan Mingo out of uh, Old, who uh, is I think in, as high as a third round prospect. Uh, so they've met with quite a few. So it, it starts to, it's an interesting one, especially when you look at where the 49ers are, because they do have a, a wide receiver in Brian Ayuk, who is kind of, you know, be expecting, I think, a big payday here. So uh, I, I think it's it's quite interesting, the number of people that are, uh, that they're looking at in terms of the wide receiver room. Yeah. Um, I sort of put two and two together with this when they signed Mike Conley, excuse me, Chris Conley. I'm thinking basketball. When they signed Chris Conley, I'm thinking why is he here? Whose position does he play? He's not a flanker. He's not the kind of guy you'd put in motion or put in it or throw a screen to. I mean, he's the kind of guy you put on the line of scrimmage and ask him to run the routes that Brandon Ayuk runs. And that reminds me, like, right, just because Brandon Ayuk isn't being vocal and uh, showy about it like Debo was last year doesn't mean that there isn't a similar situation going. He did put out one tweet. He did make it clear that he's not particularly happy with his role in the offense and uh he intends to prove that he's worth big money at least that was the implication so if the Niners feel like look man you're a great player but you're a very good player but you're not a great player and we're not going to pay you and Debo Samuel all this money and we already picked who we want so you got to go I wouldn't be surprised it's just not something they're going to broadcast yeah there's been some smoke around this already with IU you know maybe um you know going in different in a different direction uh there was the the whole thing with the the, the giants if you remember that the back giants. about three or four weeks ago and then the, th the first thing that kind of caught my eye was friday when they had the the quan treadwell treadwell was in uh for a look they met right. with with conley and treadwell at the same time so that was the first thing for me that maybe tipped off that something's happening here with iuke uh, people, you know, Ayuk's one of their top receivers. So I think people look at that and they're like, hey, what are you talking about? That's crazy. But you start to look at the the money around this team. Um, they still have to sign Nick Bosa, and it's going to take a lot of money in that direction. And is Ayuk that you want to spend 15 to $20 million on uh, moving forward? Uh, and that's, I think, the question that the foreigners need to be asking themselves right now. Also, I mean, I think from their perspective, they're so committed to Ayuk, excuse me, McCaffrey, Debo, and Kittle. Those guys are highly paid. They all demand a lot of targets. And from Ayuk's perspective, he deserves a lot of targets too, but he just is fourth in the pecking order because of you know financial reasons and all of that. If he were to go to another team, he might be happier. What the Niners want, like, do they They might say, you know what? We could trade Ayuk and get a, a wide receiver who's bigger than him, faster than him, but doesn't demand as many targets and can be sort of like our big play x factor fourth threat like maybe that's what they want and if and if i has outgrown that they can get someone who's a little bit more explosive who demands fewer targets maybe that's what they're looking for yeah i, I think you know Ayuk is 
somebody that could get them a second round draft pick. I think, I think you look at, at Ayuk and he was taken at the end of the first round. I think they'd be happy if they can get a high, a high second round pick for Brian Ayuk. Uh, that would be put them right in the, in play with, with some of these top offensive linemen, some of these, these top tight ends and other, you know, people that are on the market that they've been taking looks at. Uh, and so if they're going to jump up that high, I, I think that, it's a youth that they're going to have to use to do that. Not Trey Lance. I know there's been a lot of talk around Trey Lance being traded during the draft as well. I think, I don't think they can get up as far with Lance as they can with Ayuk. Ayuk's worth a lot more because he has not missed a game in the last couple of years. He's a hell of a player. Uh, mm-hmm. I agree. It seems like what the Niners could do if they really want to get a starting right tackle or a starting D end, someone that's way out of their range, they could trade Ayuk. Um, they could get that guy, although you got to be careful because that's kind of how you ended up with McGlinchey. But you could trade Ayuk, you could draft someone in the end of round one or early round two, and then take a wide receiver in round three. I think that's kind of what they're looking at. Like, again, what my, what Mike Conley was five, six years ago is might, might be what all, all they need at split end. If you have Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey, all you need is someone like Mike Chris, I keep calling him Mike Conley, Chris Conley who's about 6'3", runs a 4'3", and you know you know he's going to get a couple shots a game, and you're worried about it, but he's not the focal point of your offense, and he doesn't jump up and down and spin in circles and get upset if he doesn't get the ball. Maybe that's what you're looking for. Yeah, or or Danny Gray. Maybe Danny Gray is that Danny guy. Gray. They used that pick last year uh, at the in, in the third round, and now they've had him in. You know, As the season went on last year, he did get a little more uh, time on the field as the year rolled along, so Maybe that's the that's the play here. You move on from Brandon Ayuk, you kind of promote Danny Gray because that's the guy who's kind of just been lingering out there. Where, what's his role? Maybe the Friars envision his role as being the guy that takes over for Brandon Ayuk, and so maybe that's where they decide to go in that direction. And they they bring in another young guy now that can kind of still fill that role, but also maybe take over for Juwan Jennings next year. Good point. Or maybe they're thinking Danny Gray plus a guy in a platoon to to replace Brandon Ayuk. Either way, I think what we're saying is as good as Brandon Ayuk is. He's replaceable. I mean, frankly, the Niners don't have enough targets to go around. They're a run-first team. As Brandon Ayuk said, right? They're a run-first team, and he's the fourth option. They don't have enough targets to go around. They're heavily invested in the other three guys. What they need is a big play guy to make the most of three targets a game, and that's not Ayuk. Ayuk should be getting 11, 12 targets a game. Uh, he, He could do a little bit of everything, but from what the Niners, how they've positioned their roster, I could see them saying, you know what, Brandon Go to the Giants. And one more thing. I can understand why they wouldn't make that trade yet. You might want to wait until you see who's on the freaking board before you trade, unlike last time when they traded for Trey Lance. Yeah, well, I think that's the case. I think if that trade comes down, it's going to happen – you know, draft. the day of the of the draft or that round where they think they're going to pick that guy. Uh, it's going to happen in the middle of the draft. It's not going to be in the run up to it. It's going to be during the draft. And uh, I, the point that you just made that you brought up what, from Ayuk and what he said there about how the number of targets, that makes a lot of sense. And that's, again, that, that's him. Ayuk is a guy who doesn't talk a lot. And, and that says a lot. And then it's just a few words that he's saying. But it, when, when you're as quiet as Ayuk is, when he moves that, I think people should really be paying attention to because that's out of, that's kind of out of character for him. He's quiet, but it doesn't mean that he doesn't have, I'm not going to say an ego because I'm not trying to make it a negative thing, but he has, you know, expectations and he's earned things. And I think he's not going to, going to take a back seat to everyone else just because he's a swell guy. Like Debo's not that way. Kittle's not that way. McCaffrey's not that way. Ike's not that way. He's like them. That's all I'm saying. I, I, so yeah, I agree. Yeah. What's what's that saying? Still waters run deep, or something like that. For you Thank know you. The, the guys that are quiet. Yes, I, I, that's that's Brandon Ayuk, no doubt. Okay. Last week there was some news. Mike Florio, I believe, said that Nick Casario could get fired after the NFL draft. That's the Houston uh, Texans general manager. Strange report. The idea that you would fire someone, you would let someone pick all your players. And tell him you're going to fire him afterward and then actually fire him. But that was the report. And then Mike Silver came out and said, hey, if that happens, I've heard that Adam Peters is going to go to Houston and replace him, which made me feel like the whole thing had so much credibility and credence. And then Nick Cazario came out and was like, this is dumb and I'm not getting fired. (laughs) So uh, I guess unless he's lying, we'll find out in a couple of weeks. It seems like Adam Peters is staying put for another year. Uh, Is that how you read the situation? And it seems like that's probably pretty good news. 
Yeah, that's the way that I see it. If if there's no position there in, in Houston, Adam Peter stays here. And I, I think that's perfect news for the four hours. We, we talked about this last week. I think Adam Peters is is really the guy that I like when it comes to picking players in the 49ers front office. I think he does a great job of scouting and, and finding these those diamonds in the rough. Yeah, I mean, we don't really know how it goes, but I think all of our assumption is that John Lynch is sort of like the Carmen policy of the organization where he explains things, he talks things, he's a great voice and a great face, but I don't, we don't really know how many decisions he's, essential, he's really making. And then when it comes to the drafting, I think we assume that Kyle Shanahan is probably in charge of the early picks on day one's, days one and two. And I think the reason everyone has such high feeling, high est- estimation of Adam Peters is because we assume he's in charge of the day three picks, which have been better than they should have been. I mean, really, really good. We don't know, but that's, I think, the guess. Yeah, that, that's the guess. All the good picks are Adam Peters. All the bad picks are somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Mike McGlinchey, Solomon Thomas, that's all Kyle with a with John Lynch sprinkled on. And then mm-hmm. Adam Peters gets to save the day on day three. Absolutely. Yes. I think yes. that's the way that it works. Yeah. So I guess he's staying put. I do think eventually they'll probably find a way to make him the general manager. Um, because isn't it in baseball, like usually there's a general manager and a vice president. Like Far, Farhan Zaidi isn't the general manager of the Giants. He's like the executive vice president, something, something or other. Isn't it? I mean... They can, they can give him what he wants, can't they? Yeah, they totally could, if if they, especially they especially especially if uh, if the, the the money guy ends up going to Leeds United, then uh, the, you know that opens up a spot for for John uh, Lynch to kind of bump up a little bit, and for Adam Peters to slide into that general manager role. Yeah, speaking, uh, of, the, speaking of the Giants, really quick, you 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 mentioned it. You talk about a you talk yeah. about a crappy baseball team. They are awful and boring. Far- Farhan has, has turned them into a very bad the, team. That the, They're like the A's. I mean, they're yes. just boring. I mean, there's no prospects yeah. to get excited about. They don't play an exciting brand of baseball. They're just bad. Oh. They don't spend money. That's the other piece. They don't spend money on guys that are that could make them better. They just keep pinching money. It's the craziest yeah. thing because you know that they're making a ton of money yeah. for the Giants. And they just aren't spending it. So sorry, we took a little detour. It's weird to see the San Diego Padres make the Niners. I mean, the Giants look like a minor league operation, but that's what's happening. Monsatore says slow phasing out of Debo. Ayuk is a perfect fit. I feel like the Giants. Yeah, I feel like the Niners made their choice at wide receiver, and there's no going back. Like they can't. It's hard to get out of this Debo contract. It'll be. It'll come with a lot of dead cap, right? Yeah, it will. And I don't see it this way. I think it's, I think it's the other direction that they, they, I agree with you that they, they chose the receiver that they want for the long term, and it's going to be Debo Samuel. Also Monsa, Debo and Kyle are friends. Don't believe me? Ask either one. Brandon hasn't reached that level of relationship with Kyle yet. And I think that's, they're going to hold that against him because it's a family. It's not just a football team. Okay. I've been talking about this with every person I've done a show with, but it's just it was it was a bit of a mind blower that Brock Purdy would casually say that he's not really sure, honestly, that he played in this upcoming season, given what Kyle and John said just a couple of weeks ago. So I'd like to know what your take is. What do you think of Brock Purdy dropping this so casually? I think from everything that I've heard of Purdy, when I've heard him talking, it goes back to his the first comments that we've heard uh, when he was on the radio out in Arizona a couple of weeks ago. It's it's been pretty much all the same thing. He's, he's taking it one day at a time. He's just trying to get better. Uh, I, I don't. I, I think that comment was kind of a little bit of a throwaway comment. You know, sometimes you're just talking, right? And you're just kind of saying, mm-hmm. I don't even know if I'm going to throw. You know, I don't even know if I'm going to play. I just you know, mm-hmm. I'm just wanting. I'm not worried about that. I just want to get better. And so I think that's kind of the direction of where that comment came from. Um, we'll see. I mean, he he seemed in the interview that he did with. Not hearing his words makes it tough too, because it does. In the, yeah. because the interview that he did in, in Arizona, you could hear what he said, so you could hear like the, the the way that he was talking, and he knows those guys in Arizona, at least one of them, uh, pretty well. He actually works out with, and so mm-hmm. you're able to like you kind of hear like the excitement in his voice as he's talking about getting ready for the next season. So without hearing everything, there's a little bit of of like you know things get lost in translation that way. I I just I don't think that it's something where he's not he's going to miss this entire season. I think he's going to be back. Yeah, sure. I just feel like 
what we learned is that he doesn't know. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's like gearing up to sit out one way or another and he's going to war with the 49ers who are trying to push him to do something against his will. It could just mean, hey, man, I mean, I really don't know. I'm going to take it one day at a time. The The Niners can express as much confidence as they want, but I'm just being honest. I really don't know. Never had this before. The only other quarterback in NFL history who had this procedure is a backup quarterback. I mean, we don't really know how long it took Nick Mullins to come back or what. You know what I mean? I mean, so I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I take it as, as it's very similar to what the 49ers have said. They, they've both John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have said that, you know, until we get to 12 weeks, we don't know what's going to happen. It could be training camp. It mm-hmm. could be six months eight or eight months is what Kyle Shanahan said. And, and I, I know they want him to be back by training camp, but they're not going to know for sure. And I think that's kind of the direction and where that comes from with Purdy is just because it's kind of up in the air and I'm not going to stress about it. I'm just going to focus right. on what I can focus on right now. So that's the way I'm taking it. But then I'm, I've also been a little bit more on the side, like I said a minute ago, where I think Purdy's going to be back this year and he's going to be back right. early. So maybe sure. I'm, maybe it's maybe I'm just wanting it to happen instead of actually maybe. happening. But I think from Purdy's perspective, like what you said, Shanahan said, worst case, eight eight months. Purdy's smart. He understands if it's eight months, that means he won't be fully cleared until November. There's a possibility that Trey Lance is freaking rolling just like Purdy was last year. And he understands they wouldn't bench you know, like undefeated Trey Lance, just like they weren't going to bench undefeated Brock Purdy. Like things could be out of his control if it goes to eight months or he could come back and have the whole team for the whole season. Like I just felt like it was an honest answer. And I feel like it was, it's more honest than what the, what the Niners have been saying. The Niners have been expressing extreme optimism, which is fun. Always. Yeah. John, John Lynch is the, uh, is, and he even says Biggest that he's defender. the, uh, yeah, he, well, he and he's the yeah. ultimate optimist, right? So right, right, right. I think that's why his comments were so much different than than what we heard from uh, the next day. They were similar, but just the tone of them was different from from Kyle Shanahan. And I think with with Purdy here, uh, so we'll see. I, I I still, if I was, I don't bet very often, uh, but if I was going to bet, I still think Brock Purdy's going to be back for Week One. I would say not if I had to bet. And I, I don't know if you want to put something on it because I don't really like wagering that much. I usually lose. But the way I look at it is, let's say it's six, six months. Let's just talk it through real quick. If it's six months to the day, that's um, September 10th. Cut down data is August 30th. I mean, isn't he going to start the season on PUP? Like, couldn't he miss the first four games? It, it all just depends on how, on how mm-hmm. his recovery is going. Because he's going to be, if it all goes according to plan, he's going to start throwing right around June remember they said 12 weeks, right? So 12 weeks is June 2nd. That's the review. So shortly after that, so he should start throwing right around that point. Now, obviously he's not throwing a football right away. He's gearing up. He's right. ramping up. He's not practicing. He's not doing 11 11s. Yeah. Right. By the time it's kind of like the Jimmy Garoppolo in the side field situation, right? Pretty much. Yeah. A little so bit. Yeah. 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 I, w- I yeah. would say probably like in that case, if, if it just, if it goes all the way out to six months, or whatever, then you're looking at sometime around August, he's probably throwing a football. He's able to start, right. you know, like you said, right. he's doing Jimmy Garoppolo right. on the side field right. at the training camp. So he's there, but he's not practicing, but he's there and he's participating. He's throwing. He's, he's, yeah, see, I agree with that, but I just feel like if he misses training camp, no practices, no preseason games, um, he might just start on pub and they'll go slow. But they could. And, but that's also mm-hmm. where, that's also where it depends on if it's, if, See, because then they talk about it in weeks, right? So the 49ers say 12 weeks. They didn't say three months because originally they said three months. But then once they started to break down the timeline, it was 12 weeks. So in that case, and it's 24 weeks post-surgery that he's ready to go, which is gives them two weeks after training, after cut, you know, Got after it. returning. So we don't really know. Regular- yeah. Yeah. There's like a no, 14 to 21 totally day know. window. We don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, if just, he, so I, if he gets cleared before August 30th, He's in play for week one. If he doesn't, he might have to wait until week five or week ten or who who the hell knows. Yeah, I, I've been I've yeah. been leaning on I've been kind of leaning on the on the Nick Mullins thing in terms of the, the shorter time frame. But yeah, if, and, and so from that perspective, I would say I think we're going to see him start to throw and maybe even be cleared to practice around the middle of August. So he's going right. to have I think at least that's what I'm. We'll just, see. Yeah, because Mullins I'm had not, his procedure on 26th of January, and he did. Do training camp with the Eagles that year, so that would be, uh, yeah. yeah, he'd be he'd be ready right right at the end of July. So that yeah. that worked out for him. So it will be interesting to see if Purdy can get on the practice field in a, you know, in a preseason a, game. 
you know, with, with, with Mullins, you know, according to the reports that, that at least one report that I saw, I know you saw it too, you know, yeah, he, yeah, looked yeah. Good, he looked good, good in camp, but that's the thing with, with Nick Mullins. It's never the matter. You know, it was never about him being able to throw the ball. Well, it was always about up here and the decisions right. that he was making. Also, so he's great. Know. He's great in practice. He, he completes a high percentage of his throws. I, I, I bet he went to Philly through a bunch of quick passes so that he would get good reviews and stay in the league. And he was, he was surviving at a very crucial part in his career. I, I salute him, but his numbers in preseason, I mean, he averaged like eight yards of completion. I mean, it seemed like he wasn't quite himself. I think he's back now, though, which is good news for Purdy. I think he's back to full Nick Mullins. At least the numbers look the same, whatever that is, whatever that is. Sorry, Nick. Yeah, he's a, he's the a full good, Nick he's, Mullins. Yeah, he's 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 a he's a nice backup that you want to have out he there. Is but nice you don't want to have to start him for you don't want to start him for five weeks. He can't if, really you know, move. Maybe, he's kind of small. He does. He really doesn't have a strong arm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So he's like Purdy without the moxie and the and the mobility. He gets yeah. hard. He's, he gets down on himself. I think like this is the one thing. I, th- you know? I think you're right. I think I think he's that's a down part on himself. It. I think yeah. that's a part of it too. Uh, yeah. Terry 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 Brooks over there has a little, little comment. He says, "Why rush Brock's rehab?" I know that's been a topic that a lot of people have been talking about, and I I, I don't know if, if it's up to him, right? I mean, if his body's right, I don't think you're rushing him. I, I mentioned Joe Montana. Joe Montana had back surgery in 1986 that people thought were going to end his career, and he was back. 56 weeks, you know, 56 days later, um, starting in the NFL. And I know it's different because it's not his throwing arm, but your back is. And know. he was also more established. He'd won a Super Bowl or two. I, mm-hmm. the, the Niners have to decide when is Brock ready. And a lot goes into that. It's not just when he's medically cleared. It's also how does he look in practice? Guy says yeah. he's been in the league for freaking one year. He's 23 years old. Is the fact that he has no offseason, does that affect him? Or is this dude really like the 30-year-old, 23-year-old? You know what I mean? We'll see. We'll see. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Monsa Toure says, oh, we got you already, Monsa. You're just jeopardizing the chat. No, we got one more. King Geo says, Trey determines when Brock comes back. If he's killing it, Brock might want to come back sooner. If not, he's still a little longer. He'll sit a little longer to rise his stock value. Whew. I, th- I think that kind of goes towards what I was just saying. I, I don't. I don't think that... I don't think the Brock returning or Brock's wanting to return has anything to do with what Trey Lance is doing. I think it all has to do with his, his ability where he feel how he's feeling. And if he feels like he can get on the field and, and perform, then he's going to push himself as hard as he, as he possibly can. Okay. So Brock Purdy expressing some doubt or at least mystery as to what he's going to be able to do this year. And maybe in just a complete coincidence, the Niners are meeting with, really highly rated quarterbacks who some people think could be starters in the NFL, such as Dorian Thompson Robinson, who might even not even be available when the Niners pick in round three. What do you make of the Niners meeting with a quarterback like this? I like this. I like Dorian Thompson Robinson. This is actually a name that I heard from you. You kept talking about him a year. You're you're, you're ahead of everybody else with this guy. I watched Uh, one college football team, this one. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah that the Bruins for for yeah. but yeah. but uh no this is a good one I mean I've I've felt all along like the 49ers were going to be drafting a quarterback anyway so this doesn't surprise me that they're they're looking at a, a quarterback uh here uh Thompson Robinson can go anywhere from round three to five and uh he gives you that mobility he gives you a guy that can throw the ball well I, I really like this guy so I'm I uh, I don't I don't see it necessarily as as anything towards Brock Purdy um I think he's a long-term guy. I think they, they're looking here in another quarterback to the room. And no, I don't drive yeah, a better I, car than the Stinger. Trust me. I, <laughs> it was used. I bought it used. Um, I just want to say that I feel like I'm not, if they like DTR, I'm not surprised because I feel like he has a lot of the traits that Purdy and Lance have. And if someone were to tell me that DTR did really well in this S2 cognitive test, I don't know if he did. But if he did, that would be the clincher. I mean, absolutely the Niners would like him because – He's got the experience of Brock Purdy, and he's got that mobility of Trey Lance. They want both. They clearly wanted Trey Lance's mobility. They think they want to be the number one rushing team in the league. And you really can't be the number one rushing team in the league if your quarterback isn't, you know, a big part of that. Uh, so they want that, but they also realize that they can't, a project doesn't really fit them, and they need someone who's experienced and young, and that's Purdy. And DTR has kind of got both of those. He's a five-year starter. He runs a four-five. He's a hell of an athlete. He's a playmaker. And if he's got that, if he's got the decision making too, they're all over this guy. So, see it, I can see it. Yeah, and it, it makes a, it makes a lot of sense. And we'll see what happens. I, I've my 
the way that I look at the 49ers quarterback room, and I've, I've said, been saying this throughout the offseason, the way that I look at it is, is you have three, two guys that are going to compete right now. It's going to be uh, Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. They're the, the main competitors because Purdy's not able to, to go right now. So it's those two guys are competing. There's been the talk about maybe trading Trey Lance. I think if, if that's the case, you have uh, Lance that doesn't get traded, though. He's not going to be traded until you need to first see that you have in, in a guy like Thompson Robinson. You need to know that Brock Purdy's healthy. And then Sam Darnold's got to show you enough that you feel comfortable with moving on from, from Trey Lance if somebody gives you an offer. I think that's the only way that that moves on. And I've kind of felt that way for a while now. Also, I think it's you You got to be honest here. It's possible that neither Trey Lance or Sam Darnold is good. You don't know. Like Sam Darnold, the results right now are not good. And with Trey Lance, it's no results and, you know, a, a little uh, uneven. So mm-hmm. it's possible the answer is no on both of those guys. And it's also possible that Brock won't be ready right away. So, again, it seems smart. Bring in another quarterback. The Niners aren't financially committed to anyone. They talk about the room. not the not, So, like, add to the freaking room because your room might not be that strong. Frankly, it might be weaker than last year because, Jimmy, at least you knew what you had with Jimmy. You could win with Jimmy. Can you win with Sam Darnold? You don't know that. Can you win with Trey Lance? You don't know that. So bring in another guy. Yeah. And that's, and I agree yeah. with you 100%. You don't know that's, and that's the hard part is there's a lot of people, we're all trying kind of projecting what we think Trey is going to be. We all kind of project that, you know, Darnold's going to, might be better with a foot, whatever. It's we fun don't. to project, but you don't fucking know. Exactly. So 100%. cover your ass. Draft a quarterback. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I feel like Kyle yeah, Shannon always you. thinks he knows, man. He always acts like he knows what's going to happen, even though he doesn't know who's going to be alive. And, and that gets him in trouble sometimes. <laughs> absolutely and that's yeah it, it does and that's where yeah. you know you you just keep adding guys to the room I mean, compare the 49ers to to what philadelphia has right jalen hurt signing this huge 255 million dollar contract they're locked into him i know his cap mm-hmm. hits are going to be manageable for the next few years but that's because of the structure that they put in place mm-hmm. instead of instead of just putting out there and then restructuring next year basically what they already did is restructured his contract for the you know right. three times moving forward so that's a big risk that the Eagles just took because what happens if Jalen Hurts continue to play at that level as the team around them maybe in a strong, then they're going to find themselves in a really tough spot when they're you know owing them eighty one million dollars against the cap in four years. Oh, is that what it's going to be eighty one? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, what I want to say is it, it at least for now. Talk about quarterback room. They got him at a reasonable rate for now and Mariota. Mm-hmm. So Niners, you got some work to do and. The Eagles met with DTR as well, so they may not be as they may not be done. I don't think that they have any patience for Gardner Minshew as they should, and that guy's stiff. Well, I think he's. I think Minshew. I don't even think he's there anymore. But Good. Thompson Robinson is. You know, bring Thompson Robinson in and have him compete with with uh, with Marcus Mariota. That would be. You know, he, that's that's a good competition behind the starting quarterback. I always felt Gardner Minshew was corny. <laughs> you know, what I mean? he had he had that little like. You know what I mean? He kind of tried to make himself cool like Ryan Fitzpatrick, but Ryan Fitzpatrick seemed cool. Minshew seemed like lameness. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't like I, it. I agree with that. He was trying, he was trying to it? make himself cool. And it was like in a very Caucasian way, not to make it racial, but I feel like a white guy does that, and it's like, oh, he's so funny. Look at him. But a black guy can't really call attention to himself like that, in the, especially a quarterback. You'd be like, how professional is this guy? Like, Gardner Minshew is unprofessional and unserious. I mean, look at him. It's not a serious quarterback. Cut your handlebar mustache. Get the hell out of here. You can't actually wear a handlebar mustache and be taken seriously as an adult. I'm sorry if you have a have you ever had a handlebar mustache? That that's like you do it for no. Halloween. There's like three occasions <laughs> a year where you can have a handlebar mustache and it's not work. You can't take that shit to work. No, it's, it's it's not. You can't. You can't. That's the thing is you can't fake being cool. You're either cool or you're not. You can't. Fake Thank it. you. The hand, the handle, he was the faking it. Mustache. That's yeah, a giveaway. Trying too hard. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Last topic of the day. Uh, the running game. I think one thing. The Niners are a run first team. So one place to look with the difference between Purdy and Lance and the impact they make on the offense is the running game. Let's start there because that's the sophisticated element of this offense. Um, 
Can you hit me with some numbers? Because I got some numbers for you. For for you. I want to. I want to hear your numbers first because I saw your number on Twitter. So I, I, that's why I want you to go first. I got to let you. Go okay, first. fair enough. I can go no. first. So the way I look at it is, I haven't been a fan of the way the Niners have used Trey Lance. I feel okay. like they've run him too much. I feel mm-hmm. like Josh, like the Bills and the Eagles run their quarterbacks because they have to. Like the Bills have mm-hmm. no running game. The running backs suck, and Josh Allen's really good at it. Uh, Jalen Hurts is the best runner on the Eagles. He's really good at it, and they need him to do that for them to run. The Niners don't need to do that. Like the Niners have a really good running game. When Purdy is their quarterback, what do they average? Five point three yards per carry down the stretch, and he's not even part of it. He's not even freaking part of it. Like they can run the ball without the quarterback being involved. They want to. They want an NFC Championship game, literally just handing off and throwing eight passes. So I feel like I just wanted to know. What are the Niners averaging when Trey Lance hands off in his starts? Because I feel like he's drawn so much attention, and eleven on eleven football is just math. So I went through the I went through the game logs, and the answer is five point seven yards per carry when he just hands off. So I'm not saying obviously he has to throw once in a while, but if he ever gets to ever start a game again for the 49ers, I would just say Kyle, just start with the handoffs and go from there because you might just have. First down, second down, first down, second down, first down, second down, first down, touchdown. If I just go like that, I mean, you see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's and that's what we saw with Lance in, in week two against Seattle was, they, you know, they just right down the field. They didn't get in oh, the end yeah. zone. They, they had to kick a field goal. But, you right. know, they moved right down the field. And, and I think he threw one pass on the first possession. It was a, a short one that mm-hmm. uh, gained some nice yardage after right. the catch and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, 100%. That's – that's I'm with you on that. You just – you continue to run the ball. And that's what's what's interesting here. So here's the other number, right? So you said with Lance, it's 5.7 yards per carry on handoffs. Mm-hmm. If you do the same thing with Brock Purdy on handoffs, so basically what you're doing is taking out the, the taking quarterback. Brock, yeah, taking yeah. out anything that has to do with him. Yes. He's a 5.8 during the regular season. Boom. How about that? How about that? Now, what I do want to say is he had the, the wonderful benefit of getting to play with Christian McCaffrey, but that's a very eye-opening number. That's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Also, big look- Jordan Mason out there. Jordan and the Jordan, that's what you know, that's Jordan kind of Mason. it too. It's like if you yeah. wanted to start arguing against the the Lance numbers, you're saying, ah, but 51 per, 151 of those yards were the run by by Debo against Seattle. And, sure. Then you got right? the one with Jordan Mason for sure. I definitely yeah, remember so, that. So you've got yeah. the big Jordan Mason run, you've got like the big run for from uh, Ray Ray McLeod against Washington for 71 yards. So you yep. see, it, it all that's kind right. of that's right. You know, it, it all so factors in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and, I think that's the, it bodes well for both quarterbacks, honestly. It does. The Christian McCaffrey piece is interesting too because you look at the numbers, and with Christian McCaffrey, Garoppolo is at four and a half. So with, with Christian McCaffrey from the start of from the Kansas City game until the time he went out against um, against Miami, they were averaging four and a half yards per carry with with, with Christian McCaffrey. Not, not always on the field, but you know after that. And I noticed I was like, hey, this guy really isn't playing that well. But all of a sudden, Brock Purdy comes in, and you have to worry about his pocket movement. And boom. And and I think that's the biggest that's the biggest thing. It's everybody's kind of gotten into. Um, uh, Christian McCaffrey Zone and read. his impact yeah. on, on the game. When in reality, yeah. Christian McCaffrey's biggest impact on the 49ers isn't in the run. It's in the pass. It's it's, it's pass. that ability for the quarterback to yes. – he's another wide receiver on the field. He's a he's a yep. really good running back. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I thought that that acquisition was huge for the 49ers. Yeah, but, but he's a better biggest, receiver. Yes, he, his biggest yes. impact is on the passing side. So if you want to see – you know, we, when we're arguing with Lance going forward – it's it's not about the running game. It's about can Lance match what Purdy did in the passing game with with Brock Purdy, and we're going to see that during the preseason. Or fair, camp. I just feel I just feel that with Lance, if they ever get in a rhythm and give him some time, they can become the best running attack in the league. And I don't know that they'll ever be that with Purdy. Now they don't have to be that with Purdy. They could be more balanced. They could be more of a passing attack with Purdy. But with Lance, you go back to Week One. They ran the ball for a ton of yards against Chicago. And Chicago ended up being the number one rushing team in the league. The Niners way outrushed them in week one of that game. So I I feel like if you just established the running backs, let Trey Lance just hand off and and like sprinkle him in as a runner when they least expect it, that would be a devastating rushing attack. But eventually he's also going to show, he's going to have to show all the stuff that you just said as a passer for him to actually make the offense better than what it is with Brock Purdy. 
over. Yeah, we just haven't we just haven't seen Lance at this point be able to really get to the outside, get to the edge in the running game. We haven't really been able to nope. see him get. We've seen them try. You know it, who can though? You know who can though? DTR. <laughs> he's DTR. he's quick. He's got he's. Did got you see speed. that play where he got to the edge and then cut back and ran all the way for a seventy yard touchdown? Good times. I did. DTR. Yeah, times. I saw that when I saw that on the highlight. I think it was. So. Did you see Jordan Palmer break it break down his game? Carson Palmer's brother? No, it wasn't. I don't think that's where I saw it. It was just like a highlight package of him. Check it out on YouTube. He's very complimentary. He basically says all quarterbacks in today's NFL to be successful need three things, which is interesting because one his brother didn't have one of these. He said you have to be able to get the ball out of your hands quick. Carson can do that. He said you got to be able to uh, get out of the pocket with your with your legs and create play. Carson couldn't do that. You got to be able to push the ball down the field. Carson could do that. So. That's the three things. And with Trey, I think the question is, can you get the ball out of your hands quick? That's been his issue, right? Yeah, that's it. It's, it's can you get you the ball out of your hands yeah. quick? Yeah, get it out yeah. quick and, and, and accurately quick. to those underneath guys. Yeah. If he can do that, I mean, he can push the ball down the field. He can scramble. Um, he should be a good quarterback. But if you can't hit the layups, you're not a good quarterback. I don't know what he can do. He hasn't played enough. Everything about him is a small sample size, so I don't really know. It seemed like he could hit the layups in college, so I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. That's that. That is the hard part. Is that it's it's we don't have the the sample size. The injury just kind of you know last year. That's the big problem with the injury that he had last year was he should have had an entire season of development and that went out yeah. the window. And, and now he's having to. He's just now getting back to you know really throwing fully. Um, right. He's you know for the last couple few what month or so. So all that stuff kind of together is just put him behind the eight ball. And, and I think it's it's a it's tough. I, I hope that he. can come out and show a fraction if he can hit his potential if he can be the guy that everybody expects when you look at him uh, i mean you're right i think he takes the the team to another level because of his ability to do everything but uh, we just haven't seen it yet that's and that's the biggest thing well what's interesting is you you, you said that he should have got developed last year he got hurt no one's fault well not his fault now he's behind the eight ball well the eight ball is brock purdy and brock purdy got hurt too so all of a sudden it's not good but it allow, all of a sudden there is an opportunity for Trey that really shouldn't be there. Like if Brock Purdy weren't hurt, it'd be over. It'd be over. But he is hurt. And it's serious. And you don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back. You don't know when he's going to come back, what it's going to be like. A lot of questions. So all of a sudden, the Trey Lance door opens again. And it's worthwhile to just find out. Um, and I, I hope Kyle has a better game plan for weeks one and two if it comes to that than he did last year. Because I thought it was very much, let's run Lance. Let's run Lance. It's like, man, if you really had to rank the Niners ball carriers, where would he rank? I, there's probably five or six guys I'd rather have running the ball than him. Just saying. I mean, you can't say that about the Bills. No, I, I agree with you. I think that's the thing. Is I, uh, it's There was an evaluation of Trey Lance that, that was missed. I think the 49ers thought they were getting a guy who could run the ball and do all those things like a Josh Allen. And he he doesn't seem it's it's weird because he doesn't seem comfortable doing it with the 49ers but when that he did it all the time in North Dakota state so it's it's just a it's it's interesting how that that shift has taken place and i and i can't i can't yeah. say that i fault i can't say that i fault the 49ers for that misevaluation because there was a lot of people who get paid a lot of money to evaluate football or talk about football on major networks so that we're talking about Lance and his ability to be a big time runner in the NFL and it just hasn't you know changed hasn't happened yet yeah, um, I talked about it's it also been and she was talking about how the 49ers go and it just isn't showing up at all. Yeah, it, it's also been four games, though. And I feel like, you know, if he if he gets in the open field in one game, you would look at him different. Like, I, I don't think he sure. runs a four eight. I don't think he runs a four seven. I think he probably runs in the mid four sixes, which is not they probably thought he was faster than that. They probably thought he was a four five guy. Probably not. But still, I mean, at four six five, if that's what he is, he's faster than Josh Allen. Like, you can work with that at his size. Like, don't just throw up your hands, Kyle Shanahan, and be like, "It's not what I thought." Like, no, 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 it's not Johnny Manziel at five ten running a four six five. This is Trey. You can work with this. Just don't run him like so much and so obviously. Be a little bit more judicious because just him handing off is such a good play. Such a good play. Yeah, and. <laughs> We, we, I I know he has the wheels. We've seen him. We've seen it in training camp. We saw it in training camp yep. last year. He takes we've off. Seen him in a couple running. scrambles. Yeah, taking off a little. Running. 
Yeah, he's to him. He's fast. He he. Once he gets going, he's fast. But the thing yeah. is, that it's just a uh, he. It's it's like uh, getting from first gear to. to, to he's top not gear. explosive. He's not that's, explosive. Right. It, it takes explosive. there's a little there's a little bit of buildup yeah. to it. His, his yeah. His, that's why you look at like the ten yard split stuff, and that's where I would say you know Purdy if you were on a ten yard if you're on a forty yard dash Purdy's going to be ahead of him at ten yards. It's it's from there on yeah. where Lance's size and. Um, you know, stride kind of takes over, but that first 10 yard for that burst isn't what's there. And that's why he's kind of stuck as being an, you know, kind of a more between the tackles runner. Yeah. Um, yep. I would agree. So going to be interesting. I, I guess I just feel like with Kyle, if he drafts DTR, I think it'd be a big step for him because DTR plays for a, uh, you know, he plays for Chip Kelly, he plays for a, a spread offense. And I, I kind of feel like Kyle and his dad scout the offense more than they scout the player. And I feel like you can see that with Trey. I feel like they tra- they wanted Trey to be Justin Fields. But Justin Fields was at Ohio State playing in a spread offense, and so they wrote him off. And they're like, well, this guy is just the same athlete, but he's under center. And he's it's like, no, he's not the same athlete. And this is the athlete you wanted, but you projected all of that onto him because you like this offense better. And I think that's a common mistake you see when people evaluate quarterbacks in general. It's just when you read the evaluation, it's like, are you talking about the player or the system? You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. No, I, I, I see that. I, I see like between Lance and, and Fields, the biggest difference was Fields wasn't, he wasn't playing under the center. He wasn't doing all the things that the 49ers do. So you couldn't see him running all the 49er stuff. Mm-hmm. You also didn't see him necessarily integrate into the running game, I think, as much as, True. as Lance was at North Dakota True. State. And so I think that's part yeah. of it too. You see, and, and even now with the, with the Bears to an extent, a lot of his bigger plays are coming off of. He's Scramble. able to get to the edge and, and scrambles yeah. and, and the runs there. And um, he's, I just feel like he's a much better runner overall than than you have with with uh, Trey Lance. He just it's just come out that way. And I think the reason they liked Lance more than Fields is when you watch them play, the decision making of Lance was was a little bit better than than uh, fields fields was fields just kind of seemed it's to true. get it's you know true. i think i think the difference fields was was freelance I, I guess i'd say freelancing more than than what lance does and i think that's I why you know kind of what leads them towards trey and he still does and maybe he didn't perform as well in the s2 cognitive test because trey lance did perform well on that but all i know is that lamar jackson is as far as like athleticism it's right there with lamar and bigger He's great, and I wouldn't write him off. I mean, if you put him on the Eagles, I mention them every single stream. If you put him on the Eagles, I think he could do everything Jalen Hurts does. Yeah, I think he could too. I, I I don't I don't I don't doubt that he can make all those. That's the thing. I mean, most teams don't throw the ball deep all that often. They do push the ball down. The, the you know the over twenty yard percentage throws is kind of similar, but he hits them more than the, the other teams. Um, yeah, I think that the if you put Justin Fields on a team with a good coaching staff and all the playmakers that he had in Philadelphia last year around Jalen Hurts, I think that, you know, you're talking about Justin Fields in the way that everybody's talking about Hurts right now. Exactly. So it's important to remember that Justin Fields has the misfortune of playing for the Chicago Bears, who, I don't know, they seem to hate their quarterbacks as much as the Niners do. But they just, they don't, they, they, you know, at least they added some, they're trying to add some pieces around there, around them, and we'll see how how it works out. They did, although I, that's not my breakout team in the NFC. I, I think Detroit has got a leg up on Chicago. I think Detroit's going to win that division. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue against them. I think it's going to be between Detroit and, and Minnesota. Those are the top two. I think Minnesota might yeah. be a little bit better because they they changed out their defensive coordinator. If their defensive coordinator is better, that's a that's a team to watch out for because offensively they're good. With the defense is what held them back so much last year. It's true. Um, Detroit, I really like Detroit. I thought they were one of the better teams towards the towards the end of last year. And and it's funny because the, the one team that the team that knocked them ultimately knocked them out, the quarterback whose team ultimately knocked the Lions out of the playoffs last year. Darnold. Sam Darnold. Darnold. That's right. That's right. Don't sleep on Big Sam. <laughs> they could have says wait till Parag gets to Yorkshire. Do you think Parag has to move to the UK? Like, is that He's the owner of the team. Like, how do you own the team from here? Well, uh, I mean, it depends on it depends on what he has over there for his management stuff, right? Because I don't know if you, I don't know if you, how much soccer you watch. I, I got into I soccer a little bit over the last year because I watched Welcome okay. to Wrexham. 
which okay. is a show about the Wrexham soccer team that is owned by Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Oh, I have, I've heard of that. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So okay. I got into, okay. I got, I kind of, I've gotten into soccer from, from that to a certain extent. They're not a, yeah. they're nowhere near the level of that, but you know, they have good management there and they fly back and forth because they're more on the East coast and, I don't know. I, I think that he probably should be spending most of his time out there. I don't think Leeds is doing all that well right now. Yeah. Um, he had the nerve to call the, the Niners a, a lemonade stand, you know, before the Yorks got there. And now, because that, that explains why he's going to do so well at Leeds. I'm, I'm trying to look at how many championships does Leeds have? I'm looking on Wikipedia. It says return to the championship. Have they ever won a championship ever? They've been around since the 1920s because this seems like if, if, Parag's as good as he thinks he is. He's gonna, he's gonna turn Leeds United into Manchester United. Let's see you do it. I, if, if if I think if if it comes down to Parag having to do anything, he's probably gonna turn them into more of a, a team that's like uh like one of the guys over here in the comment section says they're gonna be relegated and they're gonna start working their way out of the Premier League and down to the lower levels. I'm rooting against Leeds now. I don't know why. There, I I don't I don't blame you. Imagine if imagine if the NFL. American football needs to come up with a premier system. They, they need to have the NFL, USFL, and XFL, something like that. And then you can like bump teams up and down, right? So we can get the so we, can, we can get the Raiders and put bump them down to the USFL, bump up the Memphis showboats, you know, whatever. That'd be a lot of fun. I think it'd be phenomenal. Absolutely. This should definitely happen. <laughs> Andrew says, with all these young quarterbacks, what's Greasy's track record with developing young quarterbacks? If he isn't the guy, who could the Niners get that's better than him? What would Kyle say? Well, we don't really develop all our quarterbacks. They kind of do that in the offseason. Brian's really here to help them through the stresses and trials and tribulations of the season. Right? Isn't that what he say, would say? Is yeah, he said something, yeah. Maybe something yeah. like that, I think. But yeah. I, I think that I, I thought that Greasy did a pretty good job last year. I mean, other than Josh Johnson, you know, the quarterbacks that came in for the Fournayers, I think, you know, Lance played okay. We know the weather situation that kind of was around there, and he wasn't anything really different. Um, I felt like Garoppolo played okay. And then, you, you know, you had a, a rookie seventh round draft pick come in and almost take you to the Super Bowl. So I, I felt like Greasy did just fine. I think the best thing he did last year was see it on film with Brock along with Kubiak and Slowick, uh, Steve Slowick, those three props. Mm -hmm. Cause I didn't even totally overlook Brock Purdy. I looked at him for two seconds. I was like, they just drafted CJ Beathard again, didn't they? But no. He could actually move. Corey Soto says, wait, so now the emerging consensus is Darnold will be QB1 to start the season. This whole QB situation is dumber and dumber and dumberer. -er. Um, it's interesting that everyone's hot take is that that's going to happen. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think the Niners probably have a better chance to make something out of Lance than Darnold, personally, considering Darnold's yeah. had chances. I, I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know. I, I, I know the, the national guys are out there saying that that it's, you know, if it's not uh, Purdy, that it's going to be Sam Darnold. I don't know if I agree with that. I think that's a competition. I think it's a real competition. And, and Trey Lance is, is has a really good shot of being the guy that, that that does it. If he if he's better than Sam Darnold and playing better than him in the training camp and he's doing everything, I think I don't see why you would start Sam Darnold just to start him. I think I think it's uh, Trey Lance. Yeah. Also, when we when we um, overanalyze his throwing videos, I think it's important to remember that the guy hasn't been throwing since he injured his ankle. Like he, that was bad. He missed a lot of time, so he's back to you know square one in a sense. And I think it's kind of unrealistic to expect wholesale changes. The process starts now, and that's why the last two years has been so disappointing. But he's not even twenty three yet. He turns twenty three in like three weeks. Yeah. No, that and that's it. That's one hundred percent. That's it. He just started throwing again. He just started throwing again right right around the time of the combine. So you can't throw if your if your ankle's jacked up. So yeah, it makes sense. And it's you know hopefully hopefully you get a lot more slow mo you know shots of of a really tight spiral to get you through the post you know the the rest of the off season. And one more one more uh, point before we go. We mentioned you know you got to draft another quarterback. We, we Brock Purdy, we talk about it a lot. He didn't have that much arm strength to begin with, and now he's coming back from a UCL injury. Like, will the arm be an issue? Well, what about Trey? We just talked about how he's not quite as fast as we... Not slow, but he's not quite as fast as you'd hoped for a dual threat. Like, he's already like the, the lower end 
of desired speed for a dual threat quarterback. Like, is he still a dual threat quarterback? Or because like Dak doesn't look like a dual threat quarterback anymore. Dak looks slow as hell. Is that going to be Trey or is Trey? Like, we don't know. So, and then you got Darnold who just right now the results say he sucks. So yeah, you got to bring another quarterback. Yeah, you absolutely you have to. You 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 have to. I don't know. I don't know if Darnold can participate in the rookie minicamp since he was a new guy. I don't think he can. So you, I think you. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I think you. I think that I, they want to bring in. I think they want to draft a guy. I think they want to have four guys compete, and somebody's going to be on on that way out at the end of the uh, training camp. Gerald Hall says, "Who is your choice at quarterback, Grant and Jack?" Dorian I, Thompson Robinson. No, uh, Trey. I would say Trey. You, okay, and I and I've I said, mean, and I, assuming that Brock's on pup and hasn't hasn't had a practice, a snap, a preseason game, I'm saying Trey. Yeah, if, if if Brock Purdy's on the on the pup list or on IR or whatever, then yeah, I, I think it's going to be Trey Lance. Otherwise, I think I, if you're asking me who I think is going to start Week One for the 49ers, I think it's going to be. Uh, we're going to have Brock Purdy be the starting quarterback Week One. I think that's what we're going to see. That's what they're saying. Uh, lead sixty-eight, seventy-three, ninety-two. Yo-Yo Club money burner. Don't know what Yo-Yo Club money burner means, but I'm guessing they won in sixty-eight, seventy-three, and ninety-two. Okay, okay. So they got a little bit, a little bit of history. All right, let's see. Hey, what? a guy like Parag should be able to turn that into one hell of a team. Well, the, the good thing for the good thing for Parag is it's been Leeds has it's taken Leeds has not won a championship about the same amount of time as the 49ers. So he's kind of getting into familiar right. territory there. Six one, half dozen the others. Exactly. He's right in his wheelhouse now. All right, That's Jack. Right. This was fun. What you got going on the rest of the day, week, year? I don't have a whole today. This was it for today. I'll be back. Cool. Uh, I've been putting up. I've been doing shows a little bit differently lately. Been kind of doing doing stuff and then just uploading it with a little bit more video and stuff. But oh, uh, nice. I'll be back for sure on on Thursday and then uh, Friday as well. So you'll see some stuff there, and you might see a an upload tomorrow as well. All right, and um, you know we'll do this again next week. But I'll be seeing you next week too because we got some uh, some official beat writer business to do. That's right. I'll see you on Monday. See you on Monday, see you on Friday, see you on Saturday, see you on Sunday. It's going to be great. Thank you very much, everyone. Take care. You get a better sign off than take care.